28, and we'll read the entire eight verses in this psalm. God's word reads, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cry, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they shall hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against The wrath of mine enemies and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And we believe God will add his blessing to his encouraging word to us today. And we pray that those that don't know Christ will trust him as Savior. Psalm 138. I want us to notice verse 3 is one. Notice all the verses in this psalm. But this will be our text verse, Psalm 138 and verse 3. God's word reads in Psalm 138, verse 3 In the day when I cried, thou answeredst me. And strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Notice the word strengthenest and strength in my soul. David is praying here. He's talking to God. And he is referring to God in verse 3 when he says, Thou answerest me. It's a wonderful thing when God answers us, isn't it? Many times we pray and we think God is not answering, but he prayed and he knew God was answering. I want you to know God always answers prayer. But the Bible says something here. It says, thou answerest me. God answered him. And then here's what he did. Here's the answer to his prayer. He didn't tell him exactly in this verse what he answered him, but we do know what he did. Notice what the Bible says. And strengtheneth me with strength in my soul. Whatever God answered... And however God answered, in what specific way in David's life he answered, we know this, that David needed God to answer. And we know this when he cried to God, and he knew God, and he wanted God to answer, God answered David, and here's how he answered him. He gave him strength. He gave him strength. Now we're continuing our series on our study of God, and we've learned about the love of God. We've learned about the judgment of God. We've learned about... God's unchangeableness. And much is said about God's love and much is said about God's judgment, or at least needs to be said today about God's judgment. And those terms are things that we're familiar with if you go to a Bible preaching church. But maybe this idea about God, this truth about God, is not so familiar to you. I'm speaking on this today, and really, The Lord has directed my attention to deal with this in the morning and in the evening this evening. But I'm speaking on this, the strength of God. The strength of God. The Bible says in verse 3, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me, and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. 
I want you to know that the only strength that you need is God's strength. That's the only strength you need. You don't need what this world can give you. Many people in the world think they're very strong, but they're really weak. You know why they're weak? Because they live their life without God. Are you trying to live your life without God? If you're trying to live your life without God, you're a weak person. It doesn't matter how many muscles you have. It doesn't matter how strong your mind is to endure trials. It doesn't matter how much you try to psych yourself up to be strong. It doesn't matter how many counseling sessions you go through. The only thing that is truly going to strengthen you with a strength in your soul that you need is God. And if you have God as your Savior, you can have strength. But if you don't have God as your Savior, you don't have strength. Now, notice what the Bible says in verse 1. It says this, I will praise thee. Who's this? David. David was the sweet psalmist of Israel. He is the king of Israel, the most godly king. Although he had many faults, we know that David was a spiritual man. He was a man after God's own heart. And he said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. This has the idea not only about gods in this world that people worship, but the men of this world and the people that we set up as gods in this world. Think about celebrities. Think about uh, politicians. Think about those that are in the limelight. And they almost would consider themselves as godlike figures. And we should look to them for the answers for everything. And David said, with my whole heart will I praise God. He said, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods, the little g gods. You see, there are no other gods outside the capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. That is the man Christ Jesus. God said in John 14 verse 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say I'm one of the ways, I'm one of the truths, and I'm one of the lives. He said I'm the only way. And he says, I will sing praise unto thee. No wonder he could, because he's the only God who can strengthen you. Notice verse 2. I will worship. And the word worship means you're going to give worth, attribute worth to God. I will worship toward thy holy temple. This is a place of worship. He thought it was very important. It's amazing to me today how many people call themselves Christians, but they don't think the place of worship is very important. Well, David did, and he was a Christian. And the Bible says, he said, I will worship toward thy holy temple. We see that the place of God is holy because the person of God is holy. Now notice he says, I will praise thy name for thy loving kindness, for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And I want to ask you a simple question. Do you believe that the Bible is the 100% truth of God? Do you believe it's 100% accurate? If you believe it's 99% accurate, I want you to know that we are wasting our time today if it is 99% accurate. But if it is the 100% accurate truth of God, it is the very words of God that have been preserved, that are perfect, that are precious, that are given to us. If that is what God has given to us and it is God's word to us and for us to change us, to strengthen us, if that is what it is, then we are accountable to Him. The Bible says here, it is the truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Have you, ever, have you ever met someone and you know they're just an honest person? They've never told you a lie as far as you know. 
and they, they, they just, they don't have a dishonest bone in their body. Now we know we're all sinners, but the person you know, maybe someone's coming to your mind right now that you know, they're just an honest character. They're a person who is forthright. They tell you exactly how it is. And they're not always perfect in what they do. Obviously, they have their sins every day. But you think, I can trust that person. I can trust them. How do you know that you can trust them? Well, you can believe their word, right? Because what they say is accurate. And they're not always right all the time. But there's one thing about that person. He always means what he says. And I want you to know God even more than... That's a horrible illustration compared to God because God is completely perfect through and through. And God says, I have even magnified my word above my own name. The Bible says in Psalm 18 verse 10 that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And God says, even the name of the Lord is a strong tower, but I've exalted my word above my own name. Think about that. Notice what it says in verse 3. In the day when I cried, thou answered me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. And there are times when we shed tears, don't we? And God's there to answer. Notice verse 4. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they shall hear the words of thy mouth. This talks about this submission to the real authority. God is the real authority and all the kings of the earth will bow down to God. Notice verse 5, Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. And God tells us how he operates in this world. He says, I know those that humble themselves before me and know who I am, that I am the great God who gives strength. He said, I don't know the proud, they're afar off. The ones that are acquainted with me are humble people. And notice verse 7. Though I walk in the midst of trouble. Now David's speaking from his Christian experience here as a believer. He's saying, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. And he is saying there are times in our lives, even as believers, that we become dead, so to speak. We're, we're Christians. We know Christ. We're going to heaven, but we're stagnant. And he said there are times we need to be revived. And there are dead times. What about you? Are you living a stagnant Christian life? Well, the answer is here. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Are you walking in trouble? God's there to revive you. And he says, thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. And I want you to know you have three primary enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they may come in many forms. That You may not think, well, this is the world, or this is the flesh, or this is the devil. But the devil is using all of these things to try to get us tripped up. And if he can get us tripped up, he can say, look what I have done to the work of Christ. But God says here, though I walk in the midst of the trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies. It doesn't matter who speaks against you. It doesn't matter who tries to destroy you. It doesn't matter all the principalities and powers of hell. If you know Christ as your personal Savior, you can call upon Him and He will answer you and He will strengthen you with strength in your soul. And then it says in verse uh, 7 at the end, And thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the words 
works of thine own hands. And we see the great works of God. He endures forever. His mercy endures forever. And this is what this psalm is all about. But I want us to notice again verse 3. He says, In the day when I cry, thou answerest me, and strengthenest me with strength of my own soul. And I thought about this verse this week. And I want you to know, first of all, there is a time of needed strength from God. Every person in their life, there is a time that we need strength from God. I want to say there really isn't a time where we don't need strength from God. We need strength all the time from God. But God wants us to come to the point where we realize this is the time I need strength from God. And God is always bringing things in our lives where we need strength from Him. Notice what the Bible says in verse 3. It says, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me. This was a quick answer, wasn't it? He didn't wait three weeks, four weeks. Now, sometimes God tells you to wait. But here, the Bible says, in the day when he cried, he answered him. There are times that God makes us wait and trust in him, no doubt. But in this verse, God tells us that in the day when I cried, thou answerest me. I want you to know that first phrase. It says, in the day, in the day. Now, what kind of day are you having so far? Is this a day where you think you need God? Is this a day where you think, I need the strength of God? Well, you should think that. I want you to know that David's strength didn't come in and of himself. It wasn't because he was a Christian. It wasn't because he was a very spiritual person, although he was, but he didn't get strength from being spiritual. He got strength from knowing Christ. And as he knew Christ, Christ made him spiritual because of his strength. I want you to hold your place here and go with me over to Psalm 32 and verse 5. Many people ask, was David really a Christian? Was David really a believer? Was he really saved? How does this work? Well, remember this when you study the Bible all the way through. All people are saved the same way. In every generation, no matter Old Testament, New Testament, we're all saved by grace through faith. God works With Israel and God works with the church differently, but we know that in every generation we're all saved the same way. Notice Psalm 32 in verse 5. David said here, For I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. Now let's go to Psalm 18. I want to show you what David says in Psalm 18. The Bible says in Psalm 18 in verse 1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust my buckler, the horn of my salvation. Was David saved? Of course he was. And my High tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. God tells us here that there is a salvation. Now, there is a salvation that David had. I want to ask you a question. Do you have God's strength and salvation today? Do you know Him as your personal Savior? Has there been a time where you put your faith and trust in Him? If you haven't, then there's no way that you can have the strength that you ought to have every day of your life. God wants to give you that strength, but you can only have the full strength of God to live the life that you ought to live if you're truly saved. 
And if you're not saved, God says, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. We see here the time of needed strength. But I want to make an application to us as Christians. What time do you need God? All the time you need God. Every step of the way you need God. Every second of the day you need God. And sometimes in my own life I get to the idea where I think there's moments where I'm pretty strong as a Christian. And I can be a witness for God as a Christian. And I can do things because I know that's what the Bible teaches. And I can follow the letter of the law. But I don't really need the strength of God because He's he's strengthened me enough. Just think about that for a moment. Let's think... Let's think if if you're going to be a healthy person and you're going to work out at the gym and you're going to be in shape and you did half the job and just when you started to shape up, you thought, well, I don't need to go to the gym anymore. I mean, I can eat anything I want to now and I don't have to exercise because I've already built up so many muscles that I don't need to work that out anymore. And I'm sure I'll keep all the muscles without ever doing anything ever again. You think, that's foolish. Well, it's also foolish for us as Christians to think, well, we relied upon God in the past and He strengthened us in the past, but we don't need Him right now, do we? We need Him every day. We need Him every day. The Bible says there is a time of needed strength. So do you need God? You need God, but do you recognize that? Here's the second thing. The answer of needed strength. Notice verse 3 again. He says, in the day when I cried, thou answerest, me, the answer of needed strength. What is the answer of the strength that you're going to get? Notice what the verse did not say. Carefully notice it. It says, in the day when I cried, the preacher answered me. Is that what it says? In the day when I cried, my family members answered me. In the day when I cried, my intellect answered me. In the day when I cried... My best friend answered me. The day when I cried, religion answered me. That's not what it says. It says simply, thou, referring to God, thou answers me. And I I don't want to be oversimplified today, but I want you to know it's very simple. The answer to what you need is not something, it is someone, and that someone is God. And if you want the strength that you need to live the life that you ought to live as a Christian, and you want the strength in salvation, there's only one person you need to trust in, and that's God. When a person comes to know Christ as their personal Savior, they're not trusting in a church. Because I know many churches that are imperfect. You're not trusting in a pastor because I know lots of pastors that are imperfect. I'll, I'll let you know, Pastor Axler would agree with this, when you... when. There's sort of like a pastor's club. It's not really a club, but it's sort of a thing that pastors know that, you know, they're pastors. Yes, we're called to be pastors, but we all have our faults. We're just people just like you and me. And you know some other pastors and you think, well, that guy did this or that guy did that. And I don't agree with this or that, but I want you to know something. The Bible doesn't say the pastor answered me. So many people want the answer from the pastor. I can't forgive you of your sin. I can't save you today. I want you to know that Christ can save you. I, I found an interesting story. A man in history, he, he went to a confession booth. He went right into the Catholic church and walked into the confession booth. And the priest was on the other side of the booth. And the Catholic church taught that if you're in that booth, that you can, uh, that you can confess your sins to this priest. And that priest can listen to that. And then you'll be forgiven 
for a certain amount of time and then you have to go back and confess again. Well, this man was a Christian and he thought he would let the priest know something about it. So he came into the confession booth like a normal person would go into that confession booth and the priest was on the other side and he said, I have a confession to make. And the priest said this. He said, what's your confession? And he said, I confess that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. I confess that no man can save me, only Christ can save me. I confess that the only way of salvation is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, not through the sacraments of the church. And history tells us that man, that priest, trusted Christ as his Savior because that man confessed the right things. And I confess to you, I have a confession to you to make. The only way of salvation is through Christ and Christ alone. And God says, that's the only way you're going to get strength. The answer to need his strength. He said, thou answers me. I think of stories in the Bible. I think of Luke 23. You remember that story, the thief on the cross? Could he save himself? He couldn't save himself. He couldn't go one day to church. Think about that. He couldn't, he couldn't tell somebody about Jesus, although we think it's a great thing to tell somebody about Jesus. He wasn't trusting in telling somebody Jesus in order to take him uh, to heaven. He couldn't pray much at all. All he could do is pray to God there on the cross. Jesus was beside him on the cross. And he said a simple prayer like this. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You know what Jesus told him? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And it reminds me of verse 3 when it says, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. I think of a, another person who could not strengthen themselves. I think about that man who could not walk in Acts chapter 3. You remember this? He's, he's at the beautiful gate at the temple, the Bible says. And there was Peter and John. And they come there. And he's asking alms. He's poor because he could not walk from his mother's womb. He couldn't walk. And so he asked alms for the poor, alms for the poor. And he's asking everybody that comes in and out of the gate of the temple, I need money. And he's begging. And so Peter and John tell him, he said, look on us. He didn't say look on anybody else. He said, look on us. You know why? Because Peter and John were the ones who had the truth. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says as soon as he said that, he received strength in his ankles and his legs. And he began to rise up and he began to leap and walk and leap and praise God. And they said, all the people in the temple said, this is the man who sat at the beautiful gate in the temple and they all took knowledge that God had changed his life. I want you to know Peter didn't change him. I want you to know John didn't change him. Only God could change him and he received strength in his legs. Did it come from Peter's hands? Did it come from Peter's charismatic ability? No, it came right from the throne room of God and God strengthened this man who could not walk from his mother's womb. And I want you to know if you're unsaved today, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered in the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And we're born into this world, and God says, we're sinners from our mother's womb. And God says, we can't walk spiritually as we ought to walk. But here's what God did. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. Shed His blood for us so that we could receive strength. I think about another story. You think about Lazarus in the Bible. In John chapter 11 was Jesus' friend and Lazarus died. He was in the grave four days. And when Jesus gets there to the situation, 
They asked him, they said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And God came to prove the glory of God, and Lazarus was in that grave. And what happened? He said, roll the stone away. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says immediately Lazarus came to the front of the tomb. Now, I want to remind you that in those days they wrapped you in grave clothes, almost like a mummy outfit, if you will. He couldn't walk. How did he get to the front of the tomb? I want you to know Lazarus didn't get up to the front of the tomb himself. God strengthened him, brought him to the front of the tomb. And he said, loose him. And let him free. And some of you here today, you don't have strength enough to save yourself. But I want you to know you're all wrapped up in the grave clothes of your sin. And you're rotting in your sin. And you'll go to hell forever and ever if you don't trust Christ as your Savior. But God is standing at the tomb of your life and the door is swung wide open. And He is saying, come forth. If you'll trust me, if you'll put your faith in me, if you'll believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and He will give you life. And he'll say, take those dirty old grave clothes off of him and let him go. And God will set you free. And he'll do that by his strength. I think of that story in 2 Kings chapter 5. There was a man, his name was Naaman. He was the captain over the host of one of the greatest nations in the world, Syria. But the Bible says he had leprosy. He had leprosy. And there was a little maid, and the little maid said, I pray to God that God would heal him of his leprosy. And the prophet. And so they got the prophet, the prophet Elisha, and told him, go down and dip in the Jordan River. Go down, dip seven times. And he became angry. Why would I want to dip in the muddy Jordan River? And finally, he humbled himself, the story tells us, and he goes down once, he goes down twice, three, four, five. He goes down six times and comes up, he still has leprosy. And it was a death disease. It was a disease when you got it, it was going to kill you. He went down the seventh time and he came back up perfectly whole. You know why he did? Do you think Naaman cleansed himself? He didn't cleanse himself. Do you think the muddy, nasty Jordan River cleaned all that nasty leprosy off of his body? No, it didn't do that. You know who did it? God did it. You know how God did it? Because one man saw, I can't save myself. I have to humble myself and I have to do exactly what God says. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church that he might sanctify and cleanse it through the washing of water by the word. And we know that Jesus is that living water and he can save you today if you'll trust in him. Here's the last thing. See, the time of needed strength, time is right now. The answer of needed strength, your answer is God. The place of needed strength. Notice verse 3 again. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Notice that expression, in my soul. Well, what does this mean? Well, in the Bible, a soul means an individual. It means a life. Or it means your intellect, your emotions, and your will. 
So that's really what he's referring to here. He is saying, I cried, and this is written from somebody who is a believer, not from somebody who is an unbeliever. And he says, I cried unto God, and in the time, the day I needed it, God answered me, and he strengthened me with strength in my soul. You could say, in strength in my life. That the thing that we need in our lives is God's strength, day by day. The thing we need in our intellect, our emotions, and our will is God's strength. And God's able to strengthen you. I want you to know that's the place of strengthening. And if God has ever strengthened you in salvation, He will strengthen you to live the life that you ought to live as a Christian. Do you have strength in your soul today? This word strength literally means this, boldness. So you could say it like this, that God strengthened him with boldness in his soul. God strengthened him with the very strength that he needed to have the assurance, to have the liberty to have the wherewithal to live the life that he ought to live. Many people lack boldness as a Christian. They lack the assurance as a Christian. They lack the strength in their life that they need as a Christian. But I want you to know, if you come to God, you won't. If you have faith in God, you won't. Hold your place here and let's go to what the Bible says in Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. God is writing here to prophet Isaiah. It says in Isaiah 41 and verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So for all the Christians in a room, do you believe that verse? God says, I will strengthen thee. Now, if you don't believe that, you're not going to receive the strength you need. But if you say, well, that's, as, that's black and white on the pages of Scripture. He says, I will strengthen thee. And I know Christ is my Savior. And if you know Christ is your Savior, you can simply just say like a child, I believe that verse and I'm going to trust that verse. And if you do, God says he'll strengthen you. And if you don't, God says you won't be strengthened. And we go all the way back to Psalm 138 and verse 3 in our text verse. And David, can you see him in his distress? Can you see him in his agony? Can you see him in his depression? Can you see him in his discouragement? Whatever he's dealing with, with all the enemies. And remember this, he was a king. And all the nations would go against him to ruin and wreck and destroy him. And he had to trust in God. And he said here, in the day when I cried, Thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Now that was a personal testimony. So I want to ask you, do you have strength in your soul today? If you do, you can tell somebody like David did. You know, there was a day I was going through a lot. But I cried unto the Lord. And when I did, I knew Christ as my Savior. When I cried unto Him, He answered me. And He gave me strength in my soul. Are you saved today? If you don't know Christ, I want to speak to you after the service. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our Lord, we are thankful for the strength.